0: It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Broering from MusketeerReport.com.
1: Welcome into the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition, brought to you by Joseph Infinity of Cincinnati. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor, along with... Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com and Rick Boring from MusketeerReport.com. we got a lot of ground to cover. We're a day late on this because we were all scared off by the ice in the pending doom of Wednesday. So we're recording this a day later because we had a lot of stuff that came out of Tuesday night with a lot of the local teams playing. But we got lucky. We we did get lucky because there was a lot of things that happened in the national landscape that affect the local landscape uh, on Wednesday night. But before we get going and talking specifically college basketball for area teams, um, some folks I believe on Rick's message board decided they were they were they were a little bored yesterday they were a little disappointed we didn't do a podcast we appreciate that I think that's actually really cool so they decided to come up with a with a drinking game
0: I think they're disappointed because Chad called them out for trying to produce our podcast last week and they're like well fine if we can't be producers we'll start our own game yes the the skinny podcast college
1: basketball edition drinking game. I laughed it. I don't even know how far it went. I saw it sometime late yesterday. It's gotten afternoon, pretty good. It's pretty good. And I just I, I couldn't help but laugh. So start it off,
2: you you've got you've got some of the ground rules in front of you, correct? Uh, yes. Rick says without question or no question,
0: take a drink. Take a drink. No question.
2: I cough. Take Skinny makes a typical old white guy or get off my lawn complaint. This is subjective based on how drunk you want to get.
0: Good point,
1: because there's a lot of chances you'll have a, an old white guy get off my lawn complaint at some point. Skinny
2: inexplicably adds an R to a name or a word such as Washington or toilet.
1: Yeah, the only thing I would say, I never said toilet. I did say Washington. I, I, I will grant you that.
0: I mean, I, I'm I'm I don't know the the truthfulness of your claims right now, but I'm with them on this one. Well, this is toilet
1: this is okay. Washington. I will tell you every time I'll give you there's two. If you, if you
2: Washington, one more time. Go ahead. Rick professes disgust for anything GCL,
0: which we can do well today. yeah fairly
2: fairly. Uh, I confuse Tulsa and Tulane. You could get wasted off that you alone because really I don't even know that it happens.
1: You get, the best part is you get get wasted in Tulsa or in New Orleans where Tulane is located. Yeah, that would even be better. Go ahead.
2: Um. Anytime there is a discussion as to whether or not someone is a big, small baller.
0: <laughs> that's like big slash small.
2: One drink when Rick disparages Dayton and the surrounding area.
1: Uh, he's going to do that before this podcast is over, I do
2: believe. Three drinks at any big baller mention, unless you're a small baller. Yeah, that's a good point, because you have to be a big baller to, to drink three times. Finish your drink when Trayvon Blewett is referred to as a killer. <laughs>
0: In fairness, like, I don't that's think me. that's me. Yeah, no, that's I, me.
2: I agree. I don't that's 100% me. And
0: guess what he was? At, what was he at Baller? He was a killer. I mean, I've said it before, but I think that's mostly him.
2: Um, anytime big baller is mentioned, you need to puke, pull over, and roll down your window first if you are driving. Um, someone referred to that as a Huggins.
1: I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: good thing you didn't add skinny interrupting people because participants would be dead. Apparently, yeah, you be, interrupt people a lot. I do. Lot.
1: I interrupt you both a lot. Yes.
2: Uh take a drink whenever skinny calls a beer, pop or cola.
0: <laughs> I like that one. See, I like that one. I do one. call beer pop. I you yeah. have a pop. I have a few pops.
1: Yeah, I don't call it cola though. I don't call cola. Yeah, no, I
0: haven't heard the col- cola, yeah, but you yeah. definitely say pops. Yeah.
2: yeah. Uh, good addition to this list is anytime skinny says let's touch on this or I want to touch on this real quick. Real
1: quick. Yeah, real, real, quick, real quick. Real quick.
2: You want to touch on things. I do. Real quick. Uh take a drink every time Brendel says bangs a 3 uh take a drink this is this is rick's editions. rick's editions. every time skinny says for goodness sakes oh for goodness sakes every time bro ring says obviously and me every time i start a point off by saying here's the thing and subsequently every time rick does it because apparently it's rubbed off on him wow
0: yeah obviously i didn't know i didn't know i said here's the thing but i edit this see We do this podcast together, so I hear these things happen once. Then I edit it, so I hear it all happen again, maybe twice while I'm editing. And you become numb to it. And then I usually hear it a third time just because I want to see, like, okay, did everything turn out all right? So when they were saying all these, I was dying because I am more woke to these than anyone. (laughs) Someone DM'd me and was like, oh, like, I hope hope that didn't bother you. And I was like, bother me? It was hilarious. I I hate it way more than you guys do. (laughs) Um, Here's my favorite. Any reference
2: to a restaurant, bar, or other business in northern Kentucky? Take a drink. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that's my favorite too I like turban
2: Thelma's just cause oh
1: man burgers burger' with the best cheeseburgers see there you go there you go people all right so get get your favorite drinks ready. Or just get a fifth, and good luck to you. You'll probably have this done by the time uh, we're halfway through the podcast. But that was very well
0: done, folks. I'd, I'd recommend beers if you're playing yeah, that game. Yeah, that's a beer and game.
1: And even Natty Light. You don't want to go too heavy here either, man. Yeah, this isn't and, a craft beer game.
0: No. Correct. Correct. This is a, it's a light beer game. Very light like beer a game. You like a 6.5% IPA, you'll you'll be feeling it, <laughs> my man. You'll be feeling it bigly.
1: Obviously.
2: Here's the thing. <laughs>
1: drink. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get right to some college basketball. Uh, We'll touch on on the on the games um, from Tuesday, the local games, but some games that occurred on Wednesday night certainly uh, affected uh, some some possible seed lines and and some races. The most shocking, obviously, is is Villanova losing at home to St. John's. I I will say this: it's a bad matchup for Villanova. Well. Chris Mullen has to be the worst coach in America if somehow, someway on back-to-back games they beat Duke and beat Villanova Drink. and they're still without 500.
2: Without their second-best player who they yeah. lost for the season.
1: I, that's just insane to me. I, I know you can argue, match. Jamari Pons is a dude. I mean, he is.
0: He is he's really good. Saw it's, it's a tweet, you want him on your Spurs? Yeah. I, I want him or Jalen Brunson to fall to like that bottom of the first round where I could see both happening and then the Spurs take him and he becomes a perennial all-star and everyone's like... How'd that happen? How do they keep getting? How do they keep getting guys like this? And it's like, watch them. Just watch them one time in college for me. Um, no, I, this is without question on Chris Mullen. Without question, take a drink. <laughs> this is a, this is going to be a disaster. We <laughs> should have never read <laughs> these <laughs> <It> rules. <is. laughs>
1: Sorry, keep going.
0: Uh, I almost I almost did it again. I almost said, "Here's the thing." I swear to God, I did. I'll say, it for you. here's the thing." Here's the thing, Chris Mullen. This team is way too good to have not won a game in Big East play. Correct. I understand. They have that won a
2: game in Big East play.
0: Before now, last night. I understand if they had a losing record. I understand that they yes. could be struggling. All of that stuff. There's no way they could possibly be winless up until this point. All right, the, the one thing we said about
1: Villanova was. This is
0: at
2: Villanova, too. That correct. Like that needs to be mentioned. Because this wasn't at MSG or, or Carneseca Arena. They went to Villanova and got Villanova right at the, three days after beating Duke.
1: We said Villanova was the one team we thought we could trust. And I still... I still, But the, with the fact they're basically turn, down to a turn. seven-man rotation, I mean, is this a sign that there's a small chink in the armor? Or is this well, just a one-night occurrence that happens
2: to everybody? Their
0: defense has dipped into the 50s. Yeah, and... Jalen Brunson looked tired in that game. Like, he's really good still, and he still made some plays down the stretch, but he looks always, a little gassed, yeah, he's and he's having to carry such a heavy and, load. Yeah. And it's not like that just started once they had these injuries. He's been carrying that load because they weren't deep at the very beginning of the season. So their stars have been carrying that load all the way, him and Mikael Bridges especially. And now you're you're shorthanded. You're even more shorthanded with uh, with Eric Paschal getting the concussion I think they're 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 weaker than they were two weeks ago, without question. They're a lot more vulnerable. Yeah, I agree. All right, then Purdue, a team that we didn't
1: believe a should be ton right. in. I think um, I
2: feel like I say yeah, I agree a lot. Well, no, you're. I, you're I don't think you're very. <laughs> agreeable. I don't agree with that.
1: <laughs> and then Purdue, another team that, that's been riding along as a, as a, as, a, as a, at least a one seed that you could feel comfortable with for right now because they they've earned it. They lose it home to Ohio State. Is that more a, a credit to Ohio State, and again, it was a close win, um, or is that? What we look at it and say that's just another team, I don't know if I, I can. I think
2: we've all been waiting for the other shoe to drop on Purdue.
0: That was at Purdue also, by yes, the way. That's correct. Which is huge to point out, I think, because they have a tremendous atmosphere if you go to one of their games. I, I, I agree. I think we've all been saying this about the Purdue team. I just don't trust them. I know they're winning games, but it's sort of like we've talked about this throughout the year Who who's your guy? Who's your killer, if you will, it, when the game's on the line? And. and Purdue doesn't have studs that stand out to me. They have a solid roster. They have good big play. They've got a good guard, I think, but not great. I I just don't see a guy on that team who scares me and is like, how are you going to stop him? Vince Hunter doesn't. He's good. (laughs) But he's not. Yeah, he's not. He's solid. Like, they're a team of solid guys, but they don't have the. It's that way across the country this year. It's why Villanova was the most dominant team. Without having a surefire, I mean, Mikael Bridges is definitely an NBA guy, but he's not like a star college player that's going to score twenty five a game, right?
1: And, and for a while last night, it looked like Virginia was going to go down to defeat. They were down double what double digits um, at Florida State, and, and wound up rallying to to win. Um, and I, I think we're all in the same. Regard. I just I can't trust them in March.
2: No, because it's every game is a coin flip.
1: Yeah, and that that was one of them that was. Yeah, but now they they're were, they're
2: winning all the coin flips right correct. now, but to still, get six in a row in I March, would say
1: still still undefeated in that league is pretty darn. It's, fair,
2: good. it's imp- everything they're doing is impressive. Like it's not this isn't a knock on them. It's just the reality. Like we've seen this from them every year. They they grind out this style. They're in contention to win the ACC. They've won it a couple times, but when they get into the tournament, it's going to be fifty five to fifty three. And one of those nights they're gonna get popped.
0: and I think their talent scares me even less than Purdue do, Purdue's does because you know, at least big Purdue, Ty Jerome guy. I mean he's good. but again, but at least Purdue has seven footers yeah, you know so, so they can overwhelm you with size, but I just don't at the top, I just don't see it. who honestly scared who are you looking at and saying can't beat them? They're just so hard to beat all
1: right before we get into the games for UCs uh, Xavier Kentucky um from from Tuesday night. I want to segue into they are going to have the the reveal show on on Sunday, the NCAA. I like it. I uh, love it. I, I wish they would do it, honestly, starting then and do it every two weeks or at least maybe one more before you get to Selection Sunday. I like the transparency of it. So based on this, and there's obviously a lot of things that are going to happen on Saturday that could affect that as well. Um, is it still Virginia, Villanova, Purdue as three solid ones, and Xavier now is the fourth one? Uh, don't everybody answer at once. I mean, probably, maybe. I, I just the problem is I don't know who. Uh, here, here are your other candidates. If if it's not Xavier, uh, and I think Xavier will be a one, they, they have to go to Creighton, um, still. So that that's that's a tough
2: part. But, um, but that'll be after the this Oh, that's yeah. You are right. The show's Sunday, right? No, yeah, the show's Sunday, but Xavier, Xavier plays it's out Saturday, Creighton on no, Saturday, Saturday, so that yeah. could affect it. Auburn's
1: a candidate. No, they just lost. Well, that's uh, I'm looking at two. I'm just looking at two, you, two seeds. Auburn's there's still a candidate though. If Xavier goes and loses, and maybe Auburn wins over the weekend, Kansas is an, is the second number two seed from bracket matrix. Then Duke and Clemson. Who are you are? You vaulting any of them to a one line right now? No. Where's Michigan State at? And all of this? They're they're a, they're the second three below
0: UC, and we're going to touch on that in a minute where they might go. See, because I, I I would. What what I think will end up happening is that Kansas will end up being that fourth number one seed because we Big believe 12.
1: they win the Big Twelve tournament because it's what it's a rite of passage.
0: Yeah, right now I couldn't see them being listed as a number one seed. Yeah, I am talking about for Sunday. I am not talking yeah, about now March eleven March whatever it is. I am talking about this coming Sunday. If I was doing it for Sunday, I would be. It'd be really tough for me not to slide Michigan State in over Purdue, even though Purdue still
1: is tied for the Big Ten lead and Michigan State is is in third, not second, but they're in third.
0: Yeah really it would i mean granted i'm i'm clearly being subjective on that and basing it off a certain amount of eye test there because the resume doesn't no no i understand i understand that um but but the resume is not too far off no
1: but you got to match but you got to look at the uh, you've got to use the resume though i mean that's the criteria they're
0: using and i am it's not like michigan state's out of the picture they're a three seed um right now by most people so yeah i I mean you just don't have a great argument for any I here as we're doing the podcast give me your four one I think I would have to go Villanova, Virginia, Michigan State, and Xavier. How about you,
2: Purdue? I, th- I still think Purdue, Villanova, and Virginia, and probably Xavier right now.
1: All right, now, that brings into the conversation of, of, of UC. Um, they're the first three seed. I- I'm not so sure. Come come Sunday, they don't go up to the two
0: line. Honestly, let's let's. Let's speak about this frankly. It's a joke if you is not a two seed right now. After what we've seen from the other teams at the top, I get it. They're not playing the same competition on a nightly basis, but it's not like they haven't played anybody. It's not well, like they're well, a yeah, fluke.
2: And, and, and these teams are losing to unranked teams in the fifties and sixties that are teams in the American, basically.
0: Yeah, and we talk about them differently because it's a different conference, and it's like overall the strength right. of schedule is different. But they're not—they're not losing to teams ranked in the top ten. Right, that's my point. They're yeah. losing to teams that are basically... The same games UC could be losing, but yeah. not because they're dominating every opponent they play right now. So, quite honestly, there are not eight teams in the country that have been more impressive than UC, and I don't think there are four. They're number, they're number four overall in Ken Palm right now.
2: Yeah, I think they moved up to eight or nine in RPI, too.
0: I, I'd have them as a two seed. I, I would, too. I, I think I would it's too. really hard not to have them as a two seed with the way these other teams have been playing at the top.
1: I right, that, That's going to say, I want to get to a couple other seed things here in just a second. Um... I asked you this before the podcast started. Is there a scenario in your mind where you see by, by, by the end of the year, and a lot of things would have to go right, that they work themselves up to a one?
2: I mean, if they're thirty-two and two, they're a one seed, right? Yeah, because then they they've won at SMU, at Houston, at, at Wichita, Wichita, and beat Wichita, Wichita at home, home. Won the American probably tournament, beat Wichita again. Probably beat Houston again. Yeah, or, or, or one of the two. one of the two to win the American. If you're thirty-two and two, and you're on a, what? The hell would it be? Well, it's
1: fourteen right now, right? Yeah. So, and they're twenty-two and two, so we're talking 24-27 in a row at that point. Because including well, they're the conference twenty-two.
2: Tournament. Well, thirty-two and two would be with the conference tournament. Okay. So ten more. So if you're on a twenty-four yeah, game winning streak, you're you're a one seed. I mean, you're not playing in the MIAC. The American is not the greatest conference no, right. in the country. It is probably the 7th best conference, maybe the 6th best conference in the country. With
1: one of those two losses on a neutral to Florida by, in a in a close game
2: and, and another 2-1 seed another on their seed. on their court. Right. Right. Yeah, I, I you would have a hard time convincing me they're not a one. But if
0: they're if they lose let's say they lose to Wichita State I think, they can still, I think they
1: could still be in the conversation I, for then.
0: I, I think they're in the conversation. Depending on what happens
1: with some of the other teams. Yeah.
0: I mean, I can't. it's nothing. It's not going to happen in a vacuum, so it's really hard to predict Like who else is going to lose because sure. all the other teams at the top They've have all shown, another loss or yeah. two left anyway. And if that happens, then UC can absolutely lose to Wichita State and be in the conversation. Um, my guess is you're right, though. It's probably go undefeated if you want to one seed the rest of the way.
1: Yeah. But it'd be
2: nice the fact
1: that you, in, in theory, control your own
2: destiny. Absolutely. Absolutely. As opposed to with a with a veteran team that seems to have a pretty good grasp on, they're not screwing around with people. They're right. not letting teams hang around. They're not coasting. Yeah, and by the way,
1: and UC actually will play on Sunday after this yeah. has already been revealed. So whatever they do at SMU won't factor into this, this equation. Is our,
2: I, I, my guess is they're probably going to be the the top three. Me too,
0: but I think it's a joke that they wouldn't be a two at this point. Yeah, I think they're going to be a two.
1: And part of it is because of the fact that that game comes after the fact. I think they've earned the two.
0: That's got a great today stat for you. Well, and and let's go through the top eight seeds yeah. on, on bracket matrix because Auburn would have been in line for a two a- seed. A- Auburn so was actually out. the
1: number one two seed. Yeah. So in do they opinion,
0: fall all the way through the two line? Well, they better fall behind UC. Fair enough. Uh,
1: Kansas is the second two. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. Two. I mean, they're going to be ranked ahead of UC yes. on Sunday, right? Right. Whether you like it or not. Yeah. Yes. Duke is a two.
2: Whether they're you,
1: be what, they're UC. going to be ranked ahead of UC. Whether you I like it or not, yes. I don't know how fair it is. And but. then, and then, Clemson right now is the last two. I would
0: have UC. I, have I would too. I would too. So I, I, don't think I don't see there any way you don't. So you think UC they're ahead. the third two? I think they're the third two. No, it's right, pretty, pretty impressive.
1: Pretty um, impressive. Ohio State, and this was actually updated last night. The bracket made this is before I believe Ohio State Purdue finished. They were the first fifth seed. I think they have to go to a four line at the very least, right? At the very, they're, they're leading the Big Ten. Carolina, Arizona, Oklahoma, West Virginia. I'd have them over Oklahoma and West Virginia. I really would. I'd have and them and over Carolina. Carolina and Carolina. Yeah,
0: I, yeah. I don't see a way they're not. I mean, Chris Holtman's coach of the year. It's not even National, a question. Yeah,
1: yeah. You guys t- touched on that the last podcast, yeah. and it, it this all this cemented, reaffirms it. it. It did. We're really smart, uh, and, and really, their schedule is is not brutal. What's left for them? They still have to go play at Michigan. Um, they still have to play, I believe, at Penn State, and Penn State handed them their only loss in in Columbus, 82-79, and they have to play at Indiana. Now, Indiana's not great, but it's the last Indiana game of the year, and home. Indiana can get you at home. It's
2: going to be Colin Hartman's 14th senior night. <laughs> what, what a send-off. Dude, he played on that Eric Gordon team with B.J. Beecham. The one dude's in the NFL, Darius Latham's in the NFL. Yeah. I believe he played for Bob Knight. There's my old white guy reference.
1: Great for that. story,
0: drank great Drink.
2: Great, yep. great AAU story.
1: I love great AAU
2: stories. So this, this Eric Gordon team that I just mentioned with all these VJ Beacham and Colin Hartman and Devin Davis that's at Houston now. Um, they get absolutely the this was one of the first years for this team out of Memphis called Team Thad it's Thaddeus Young's AAU team, and they press and they get they, after. they get after it, and they were sixteen and unders playing up and seventeen and under and they just beat the doors off of this Eric Gordon team to the point that the Eric Gordon team, the parents get in a fight with the coaches. Of course, because it was their fault. Yeah, so what happens is Darius Latham, who's now a defensive tackle for the Oakland Raiders, just picked up one of the parents and walked them out of the gym. It just plopped them outside? Yeah, like bear-hugged them.
0: Lifted him to not, the point he, not, where the, not even a
1: not his parent right just no his, just not his parent. parent in general
0: he stretches arms out and grabbed, like corralled, like two or three of them and just kind of moved them back then he the one keeps keeps going at him so he literally just bear hugs the guy lifts him up with his like with sort of a belly to belly suplex were, situation, the, were, were the legs kicking to where his feet are just <laughs> yeah. dangling and he just walks him right out of the gym I love it that. was great I love it that. was
2: one of the great A A U stories we've ever seen it just
0: tree trunked him
2: walked him out. Popped down. Them down. <laughs> that's don't, the end don't of it. do come back in.
1: <laughs> it was that. awesome. I love that. Um, Kentucky is on a five seed line, and obviously that's not part of the reveal falling. on Sunday. Um, yeah, and falling quickly. So I, I mean, e- even if they were to win at Texas A and M, they don't they don't work their way back to a four, do they? There's no no, no chance no. at this stage of the game.
0: They're they're legitimately now in free fall. In, in in a situation where they better start winning some games, or they could be and on that. S- Outside of the bubble, and we'll in.
1: circle back to them in the, in the Tuesday game and, and what they got ahead to. That
0: that could go down as one of my worst takes.
1: No, I don't mean, uh, you, hey, I, I it still, was an honest take, and I, I don't it's think. It was, too early.
0: I'm sticking by. I'm sticking by what I said. And I'm like, sticking by I, that I don't think they're a second week team. But that, that's fair. I mean, like I wouldn't feel very confident about that right now either. I still think they have upside. I still wouldn't want to. Like, here's the thing: I can't wait to see. I want them to be in eight or nine so bad. Because I can't to get a one. I can't wait to see them play a one. Like that would be a disaster. And the funny part is the
1: the the betting line for something like that. If it's let's say Virginia Kentucky, people will be shocked when Virginia is a two and a half point favorite, as opposed to what you
2: would think a one eight would be, which is you know six to eight to nine. But yeah. if it's Xavier
0: Kentucky, I not overly concerned. No, no. I mean, again, like all those teams should beat Kentucky because Kentucky can only score fifty points, but. I wouldn't want to take my chances and find out. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna circle back to Kentucky. Let's go back to Tuesday night. What can you but, know, I say with yeah. Xavier? Because last last podcast I did say that I thought it was a real long shot for them to have a chance at a one seed just because I didn't. No, think- I'm
1: glad because I was gonna ask you specifically, because you said here's what they have to do. And it was a it was almost a run the table ish type thing. I I'm not sure it's at that stage anymore. It's
0: really changed with the St. John's loss for Villanova because now they have that bad loss on the resume. Xavier's resume is better than them. Xavier's a half game up in the standings. If Xavier wins that game at home against Villanova next week, that's another it's they're they're dead even and then it's basically them just playing out the string the rest of the way and Xavier has a much more favorable schedule the rest of the way than does Villanova. So, it really comes down to that game next week. What happens there? Because if Xavier wins that game, then it's pretty much they just got to play Nova straight up the rest of the way, and I think they are a one seed.
1: All right, so let's let's start with Xavier then, because uh, from Tuesday night, the the win at Butler got a big lead, blew the big lead, fell behind, came back, had a chance in regulation, go to overtime and win it. But it, this was back to back games. Where, where, we remember that stretch that Trayvon blew it went through, and we were all wondering what's wrong, what, what's the matter. Wh- whatever that stretch was, it is long forgotten, especially with these last two performances.
2: That's not the most important thing from Tuesday night. Okay. The greatest tweet and the, the the greatest troll tweet in the history of the internet was was produced on.
1: I must have missed it. it was, I was pretty high level.
2: So Xavier tweets after the game. I, what was the wording? I don't remember the wording. The picture. The picture. The picture was JP McCura at the water fountain. The, famous, they, water the fountain. famous water fountain. The famous water fountain. The water Chris
0: Mack Memorial Water Fountain.
2: Yeah, and it, it just said something about a.
0: Kenny just leaned on it and it fell down. It was poor structural. Was, the building's old, you know. It's tinkle. It's old. Yeah, that's
1: that's what happened.
2: It was it was phenomenal.
1: Is there a plaque there that says this is the this is where the Chris Mack Memorial Water Fountain once stood?
0: It so it's yeah. It said celebrating a big roadkill. You've got J P. Makira out there, shoeless, uh, drinking out of the water fountain. Which you know, Butler fans are huge, huge J P. Makira guys, uh, of course. Show in so, the picture, phenomenal. Um, the
2: the the troll game on the Xavier Twitter account, beautiful. Celebrating there another roadkill
1: out of the brand new water fountain,
2: the, the one that Xavier paid for. Yes, so why not why use not? it? Because exactly. they paid for it.
0: Correct. That's their water. It is their water. <laughs> <laughs> it is their water. All right, but back to Trayvon. I just had them. to. I, I, that I appreciate was, that. that yeah, was. Yeah, I appreciate
2: that. We were cracking up in the media room after the UC game when that came out.
0: Just outstanding because the Butler people hate Xavier so much too, and I did see. Um, I, I love the, the big thing. Xavier's fan base, when I started covering this beat, it was the Xavier way and we've graduated X amount of players. And now the Xavier fan base has totally taken on the trolling the rest of the conference and who cares about class type mantra. And it's like, now the big thing is after every game, everyone searches, tweets about J.P. Makira from the opposing fan base where people just lost their mind on J.P. And then also they will go on to message boards and pick out like people saying Xavier doesn't have class. And someone actually said, did you see the tweet where Xavier was praising defacing structures or something like that? Like it was literally they were worried about the vandalism and, and Kenny Freeze in the water fountain. Uh, still. Are they still graduating players? Xavier? Yes. I think Sister Rose has taken all the classes still, so uh she's she's still batting a Sister Rose I has graduated
2: eighty-six times in a row. Yeah, it's,
1: it's a tremendous batting
0: percentage. Yeah. <laughs>
1: all right, back to Trayvon Blewett. Um just the the last Killer. two games.
0: There it is. Thank you. Take a drink. drink. He's pretty good at sports. Um, but seriously, the shots that he's been hitting it, are just I thought Butler started Keelan Martin on him, and Keelan Martin isn't quick enough to he kind of lets Trayvon do a little bit more off the dribble than you'd like. I'm not so sure if letting Trayvon get to the rim and get going a few times like that isn't better off than putting a short guy on him, which they put Kamar Baldwin and Aaron Thompson on the rest of the game. He just kept shooting over him. He he was getting such good looks at the rim, he didn't care that they were standing right in front of him. He would dribble right up to him and shoot a three. And there was not much they could do.
2: Is there anything more automatic in college sports than when Trayvon snaps his arms down immediately after a shot with no follow-through?
0: We were talking about that. That little short arm quick... Release thing he does and starts like sprinting back immediately when he shoots it. If he does that, it is probably it's like end. a ninety-eight percent success. Yeah, don't, rate don't even on the go shot. try to offensive rebound it's this. End.
2: Yeah, get back on defense. He's got this. And then he got the got the hush to the Butler crowd before the ball had even gone through the rim yet. He, he was he was at the opposing free throw line with his finger on his mouth when the ball is going through the net. We've talked about this team playing down, playing up the competition, letting teams hang around,
1: etc. But to, to find a way to win the last two games. I, th- I think it, it speaks that this team can grind you out when they need to, and they can survive some stuff when they need to. I really I do. I know the grind is the might word. Be word. But, here's,
0: here's, but I just go through the grind of a tight game. Yeah. Here's the problem with discussing Xavier this year. Everyone starts conflating like a game against Marshall as the same thing as a game on the road at, at Butler. Butler. <laughs> it's like... Xavier didn't play poorly to get a win at Butler. They were three and a half point underdogs and they won at Butler while Butler shot the lights out and Keelan Martin went off for 34 yeah, points he was great. on 19 shots. He was insanely efficient and Xavier won. That's an impressive, almost a miracle type win. That's not playing down to the competition like they did maybe at home against Georgetown. You know, those are two very different Xavier teams that you saw. And it's just what we've talked about with this team pretty much all season. If you think those games against Georgetown and, St. John's, which you know now looks a little bit different, obviously, after the last two games for St. John's. But Marshall, all those other games where they've had close calls at the Cintas Center where it didn't feel like they played well. If you felt like that was an indictment on this team, I get it. But it's just not the reality with what we've seen from them over the past two years. When it's a big game, they show up for it. The flip
2: side of that would be when they get into the tournament, and we'll do this more as we get – Farther down the road, how up are they for a ten seed? The two ten game. The, I, have a, the, I have a hard time. Or the one eight one nine game. No, well, but I, that's the no, but that's who this team is shown to be. If it's if it's an well, also but this, ran, t-
0: but this team also showed to be pretty darn good in the tournament last year. So yeah, I mean, I, I, this isn't last year. We're talking about this team and what they've done this year.
1: I, I think if, if pretty, you're in the tournament, you've the got you've guys. got a
2: sense of urgency, no matter who you are, right? Yeah. Maybe. Uh, well. Uh, uh, Not that there's not a sense of urgency, but they play to the level of their competition. I don't think... High or low.
0: Yeah, I I don't... Again, have done that. I I agree with you. I just don't think that's an issue in the tournament. Like, I think that's much more of a thing of they don't get locked in and play with the same type of focus that they should all the time. And you can say that's an issue. I get it. Like, I'm not going to argue that point because I totally understand that standpoint. I've just... Watching this team like I have... I just don't see it. Like I don't see that being an issue. I can't imagine that's going to be a problem that they don't show up. Now they might not be good enough defensively, and they might have a matchup problem in the first round if they face a small that's scoring guard. Second round. Or, or the second round. but I mean, if you think they're not going to show up for a, a second round matchup of the NCAA tournament, then uh, they're just not that good.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I mean, people can probably shout and say, well, how about Michigan State, Middle Tennessee? That, I don't think Michigan State played down to Middle Tennessee. I think Middle Tennessee was just an absolute matchup nightmare for sure. them guard-wise. And that and that, that part can happen, as you mentioned.
0: Yeah, and I'd, I'd also say there's this other part of it, which is Xavier has played in a ton of close games this year. You're probably going to be in some close games in the postseason. And there's a so,
1: Ken Palm luck factor.
0: So, ha- having, uh, knowing how to win in those games, I do think there's something to be said about seven that. Seven now. Whether by it's way. against Georgetown or <laughs> against Butler. Me. Yeah, seven now. So. Yeah, uh, to be clear, I don't know if he exactly understands what that number means or most of the listening audience. No, I do. Okay. Well, Ken Palm is predictive, okay? It is not meant to rank teams and say, this is how this good I flu- think this team is. I know. It is done by scoring margins, and that's why one Xavier ranks a little lower than that because they play down to their competition in games that they're favored to win by 15. They only win by two, whereas UC is really high in that stat because they win by huge margins more than they're supposed to. That's why their Ken Pom numbers look great. This The flaw with Ken Pom numbers is it looks at you from a totality standpoint. It looks at your whole body of work and says, we're looking at what you are as if you're your average all the time. It does not take into account its blind spot is a one game scenario. That vacuum situation. Like, okay, yes, this is what their numbers say they are all the time, but if a team's really good at the end of games or you have a quote unquote killer like Trayvon blew it, drink. Then I thought it, you said killer No, no it's anytime
2: anyone says right. Trayvon's a killer, they got a drink
0: with so my lawn, I, I, and this is an interesting conversation. I'd like to get your. I mean, do you believe in clutchness? Do you believe certain teams are do. good at the end of games and certain teams aren't? Do you think you can have guys that mean more at the end of the game? Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I, I've watched Trayvon Blue this season.
0: It, it, so and so basically, Ken Palm's stance is that that there's no such thing as clutch. And that you, you shouldn't evaluate that because a shot early in the game means the same as a shot late in the game. It doesn't matter when it happens, and there's no such thing as clutch. So that's what those numbers are basically designed to predict. And that's what that luck factor is saying is that Xavier is in all these close games that they shouldn't be in, and yet they always win it. But the blind spot in those rankings are if you have a team who closes and you have a killer no and doubt. a clutch player it doesn't account for that. That's that's the whole thing of the luck factor with that. We have arguments going on my message board every day because Xavier fans aren't happy about what Xavier's Kenpom number says about them. And it's like, look, all of these metrics have blind spots. None of them are the perfect scenario. That's why you use all of them to form an opinion about the team and it's why the selection committee does it that way. That's why they don't only use RPI and that's why they don't only use Kenpom. RPI is a stat that takes into all account all your wins and losses, but it doesn't care at all how you did it. Right. So if, if you win every game by 30, it accounts the same for, same as a team who's only winning by one every game.
1: And it's still a subjective process. It's still, through all those numbers, it's still a subjective decision. You, you you think you're making an objective decision. You probably, are. I mean, I I'm not telling you the people in that room don't make an objective opinion based on some of that, but it's also some of it, some of it is subjective. You're some talking about the sub- selection it. committee. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think, I think that's, that's the way to do it is look at the numbers, crunch the numbers and either they support maybe your eyeball test or support the resume you're looking at, or maybe they don't, and maybe you've seen something different. And I have no problem with that.
0: I think sometimes fans think like Ken Palm or RPI. are is, absolutes. Well, and I think they, they think it's something like the coaches poll or the AP poll where people have biases and have a, a point or a storyline that they're working on and trying to feed. Ken Palm's numbers are totally objective. Like, they're not trying to tell you something. They're just saying, this is Here's what the numbers is. are. yes. These are your average of what you are all the time. Yeah,
1: um, I, I do want to touch on one more thing quickly. There you go. Take a drink. Uh, the the bigs in in that game as well. I mean, they just abused Butler's bigs.
0: That was crazy. Honestly, I mean, Tyrese well, they Jones was for out for thirty
1: one, thirty two, or more. Thirty six, I believe. Yeah, yeah. I think it
0: was like thirty six, and uh, Butler's bigs had eighteen because they doubled them up in scoring output. I know that, um, and it was like they were almost identical in rebounds. So it was complete domination underneath. Sean O'Mara deserves a lot of credit because you have a senior who was thinking about transferring before his junior year because he wasn't getting enough playing time. He really didn't earn a bigger role last nope. year as a junior. Nope. Decided to stick around for a senior year because you're a senior at that point. And he hasn't gotten the role he wanted this year either. And not one Karam
1: Caner came in and took his minutes.
0: Right. And in the past, he's been a guy who doesn't always show up or he'd have games where he'd kind of pout or, you know, things didn't go well for him and he would just kind of fade. And he really didn't give you a lot this year. That guy's been ready every time his number's been called. He's been awesome off of the bench, and yet he still doesn't get an increased role for it. There's still games he plays less than 10 minutes. And, and that will be the same probably moving forward when Tyreek Jones comes back. Probably against Seton Hall. Right. they will have the same thing. Although I do think both Karam Kander and Sean Amara are clearly playing better than Tyreek Jones at this point. But there are certain matchups I like. That, I think at times in the Georgetown game, Tyreek Jones was really good. Well, there are certain matchups like Jesse Govan and, and Marcus Derrickson were big physical guys. Angel Delgado is a big physical guy. They sometimes need Jones's toughness and, and his, his muscle underneath because O'Mara and Cantor don't exactly play that way. But Sean O'Mara deserves a lot of credit for his maturity because if Sean O'Mara, a senior on this team, has a good attitude over on that bench as being a good team guy and is ready every time his number is called, what are the freshmen or sophomores going to say if they're not getting the minutes they want or come out of the end? You can't pout now. You've got a senior who's been working his butt off for four no years doubt. who's only playing 10 minutes of this game. And and he's fine with it. Like he's doing playing and, for his job.
1: And when he has a chance to to have the right matchup, and we've called his number, he's come through. He shows up. He's been great. Yep. Uh, let's touch on UC. The first game I first score I saw was I think twenty six to nine, something like that. Um, for what I just said, for what I just said. I Touched know, on I'm,
0: UC. Yeah, now I
1: it. It, we, we talked about the, the the luck factor for for UC, and the, their luck factor is is not low. Um, or high, however you want to look at it, uh, because of those margins of victory. I think the only thing that was lucky for UC is just how
2: bad Central Florida is offensively. They are just dreadful. UC especially makes them look just absolutely insanely I'm pr- awful. I'm, no, I'm proud they got to 40. I'm proud of them. I really am. But well, they didn't at home. They only got to, to 38 at That's what home. I'm saying.
1: No, I'm proud of them. They got to 40. Good for 78
2: them. 78 points combined in two games. UC scored 77. 77.
1: <laughs> so combine them, UC loses by one. But you can't do that. Uh, just some oh, take, really? Yeah, no, he can't do that. Just some takeaways. Is away that a new rule this year? Or? It's a new rule for Central Florida. Just for Central, Florida. just for Central Florida.
2: It's it's really fun to watch this team when they kick into gear, and it's just. And I've used the the phrase before. It's just suffocating. They just suffocate teams. And what UCF was 0 of 14 from three, and and UC just kind of was like, "You guys can't shoot. We'll give it to you." We're packing it in and you're not getting anything around the rim and you're not there's no driving lanes, and and we talked about this a little on the BCJ podcast yesterday. Um they're top ten in three point defense. If you remember the past couple years, what we've talked about is they were allowing some penetration, guys were kicking out, and that corner three and the wing three were pretty much wide open for teams, you know, anytime they really wanted it. I think two years ago, they were 235th in the country in three-point defense. This year, they're inside the top ten. I think some of that is got guys that can keep guys in front of them now. you got guys that can keep guys in front of them. The help defense has been spectacular. And because of Kane, Broom, and Justin Jennifer at point guard, you're not seeing guys get into the lane her
1: help has to come from, from a wing. Yeah, from, you're not seeing the
2: rotation that causes the, the open three. So it, it's just been really impressive defensively what they've done. Um, Jacob Evans scored three points and they had 77. I mean, when's the last time UC's best offensive player scored three points and they could push 80? And
1: he didn't shoot great, but it wasn't like he was one of 13. He was one of five. He was one of five.
2: Yeah, He, he didn't. It, it was low volume. There wasn't. Much of a need for him to be high usage. So he just kind of kicked back and I think had six rebounds and four assists. That is correct and no turnovers. And did you hear who was there? Bob Myers.
0: I did not hear Bob Myers was there. Did Tom Crean try to fight him?
2: No. Okay. But that was following, if you remember, a couple weeks ago. Golden State had a scout yep, yep. at the game. And then they sent the GM. Which, if you're a UC fan, that it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. It also has to make you a little bit concerned about next year. <laughs> we'll get to next year when we get there.
1: Uh, Trevor Moore actually had a pretty good offensive game as well. And, and we've been talking about getting something off the bench. And maybe it doesn't come against better teams. I don't know. But I mean, you
2: see, still a great, great defensive, defensive team.
1: team. Yeah, taco fall or no taco fall. Um, but 14 for him, that's a nice boost as you start to get Down the stretch here of maybe saying, all right, I can trust him to give me a little offense off the bench.
2: Yeah, he had a drive and left-handed finish through contact that I've never seen out of him before. I I don't know if you saw it or not, Rick, if you don't know if you went back and watched. But took it from the right wing, straight down, straight line drive to the rim, switched over to his left hand uh, and scored through contact. He's adding to his game offensively as as being more than just a spot-up shooter, which makes him, you know, he's a great free-throw shooter. If he can get to the line a little bit more. That allows him to be a little bit more effective. Um, nobody really saw him coming as, in terms of being the, that first wing off the bench, but he's embraced the role and really ran with it.
0: I don't necessarily mean this strictly talking about him, but more so what you said with, you know, when's the last time UC could have Jacob Evans or their best scorer kind of disappear and still put up a nice offensive performance the way they did. Do you think Mick is is seen? as he gets farther into the season and maybe some of the blowouts helped it because he's is able to run a little more plays bench a little more. But do you think he's gaining a little more confidence in, in, in seeing that like, okay, even if our guys aren't on or we're not hitting shots right away, we have an offense that we can keep playing at the same pace. We can open this thing up a little bit more than we have in years past. And, and I, I, to me, it just feels like they're different offensively than they were the last few years. Even when we talked about, Hey, they've improved offensively, whatever. This team looks different because they have more weapons, and it seems like he's starting to realize that and trust it even more so than he did maybe a month ago.
2: Yeah, and I think it, you're also getting to the point now where, like, you know, teams have been hell bent on taking Gary away. Mm-hmm. What has been the result of that? Was Kyle Washington fast. has been phenomenal over yeah. the past three weeks or so. And that's because, you know, Gary's getting all the attention, and Kyle's playing in single coverage and able to get to his right shoulder and now he's you know, the three ball's been falling for him quite a bit recently. So now teams are gonna have to adjust to that. That'll give Gary a little bit more space. And Jacob's been really good. So you know he had 18 and a half points a game last week. Now teams maybe last you know, maybe Tuesday night, that was Central the Florida that was tried, tried to take point, him yeah. away a little bit, and now Cumberland gets going. Or or Justin Jennifer had twelve point or twelve points, I think. You know, and it's just that it's what we talked about all along you can't just take one or two guys out and they're only gonna score 45 points because of it yeah you can take one or two guys out and there's three other guys going oh you're you're not gonna bother shifting your defense to me okay and they can actually make you pay and I think Mick does have you know starting to get some more confidence in that and and allowing the uh, foot to stay on the gas. A little bit more offensively.
0: Yeah, it feels like he's just a little more comfortable with, like, especially if they start off slow offensively. He's a little more confident or comfortable with them still pushing the ball up a little bit, taking a quicker three, maybe, just just doing some things offensively where it's like he doesn't look like he's trying to grind every possession out, which has been, I think, the majority of the complaints the past few years about this UC team. Because let's be honest, there haven't been that many. They've been pretty successful. The one thing you hear is the offense and the style of play. We're not, we're not seeing a whole lot of that, and granted, they're winning by a lot, so it, it makes it a little, yeah. little easier, but... Well, uh,
2: as you know, the offense and the style of play, I, you know, it's considered micromanaging. Skinny, you're a coach. When you've only got two guys that can score, guess what you got to do? Not run sets for them constantly. you got to micromanage <laughs> to get those two guys that can score the ability to put the ball in the basket. He doesn't have to do that now. So I think that's what's a little bit different in terms of his philosophy.
1: What did you make of the whole Gary Clark tired, not tired? What, what, what was what was that?
2: Drink. He he had his tooth bust through his right. mouth that he didn't tell anybody about. Seems uncomfortable. <clears throat>
1: yeah, that that
2: would not. Be he fun. got he got hit in the face again for the fourth time in in the last four games against UConn. He got hit in the face again, and his tooth went through his lip, and he didn't tell anybody. He just sucked it up, played through it. That wasn't me. Uh, sucked it up, played through it and then after the game was like oh hey i have a hole in my lip other than that i'm other than that i'm fine other than that i'm fine man oh man all right next up is smu the, yeah. one thing we didn't talk about with gary he is already the all-time leader in games started in university of cincinnati basketball history with february to go and march that's, that's going
1: to set a high bar
2: unbelievable he's only he's only not started 2 games in his entire career
1: that's a that, that's a sign of consistency and a coach and trusting you from very early on and throughout the whole
2: process. And he would have started those two games. Except? Senior day for Corriente Deberry. Right. Senior day for Zach Tobler. And senior day for Zach Tobler, he was supposed to start, and he went to Mick and said, absolutely not. Let Rudy start. Zach's a senior. He uniforms for Rudy. He's starting in my spot. And if you remember. Coach, I want this for Rudy. If you remember. <laughs> Tobler got a Rudy in. In. <laughs> Didn't Tobler get a bucket? He got he
0: got a seal. They threw him a pass on the first over the set top. Of the game. Yeah. He got a layup to start the game. All the players walked in the locker room, dropped the jersey on Mick's desk, and said, "Play so, Tobler, Coach." Tobler,
2: Coach. But that's what Gary literally did that. I, I, uh, that I, you start Zach tonight. It's that's, his that's, senior night. That's pretty. Good. You
0: should do a Bearcat Journal thirty for thirty on that. <laughs> on that that day, <laughs> yeah. that moment, that <laughs> moment, Tobes you in. To- I have to to- have... Toblers
2: two. <laughs> Toblers two. <laughs> Did you see? I when he when he broke the record, I tweeted it, and I said the only two games he hasn't started were Senior Day for Coriante Barry and Zach Tobler. And Tobler immediately tweeted tweeted right back at me and said, "Had to teach him how to get a bucket." No, he,
1: <laughs> here's what you got to do: you got to take some literary license with this, though. Just like Rudy started at, at the sister school for Notre Dame. Zach Tilber starts at UC Claremont for a couple of years, struggles Cincinnati his way State. through. Cincinnati State, even better. Pull over respect even, on his name, even, even better. Well, see, I thought UC Claremont just for the UC portion of it, but I, that's I'll go Cincinnati State, yeah, and, and works his way up to, to, to getting to UC, and yeah, and then the, the starts the, 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 day. the great scene where everybody comes in, and finally Gary's the last guy. Start Zach for me, Coach,
0: and also he didn't make a layup; he got a triple double. Yeah, little little yeah. creative triple. license. Messed around and got a triple oh, double. <laughs> that's a that's a free. No,
1: because the great thing of Rudy is he got his little two plays. That's what Zober get, Tobler get, no, Tobler's two, Tobler's
0: two. But Rudy didn't actually get the sack in real life. That's true, he missed. You're right. In that's the true. movie, he gets the he sack. Gets the sack. So You're right. So you got embellish a little bit. And they, they put him,
2: they put Tobler back in, and he hits the game winning three.
0: They to win the, game the conference in title. That one?
2: No, it was Houston. They beat the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're embellishing. Yeah, Tobler's senior day performance. He opened with
0: a bucket. And then they put him back in at the end. He hits the yeah. game-winning three. Now that I'm playing that conversation back in my mind, that's on me.
1: Yeah, that's all right. Yeah, though. that's all right. Drink. But.
0: I lost the tone.
1: Uh, next up for UC, and I didn't even touch on Xavier. i got to go back to them here in a second uh, in, in their game coming drink. up with Creighton. Yes, you can drink again. Uh, SMU's a desperate team.
2: Um, Shake Milton's not there. That I can't see how they can beat Cincinnati. But how about this? <laughs> you got a stat? I got a stat. 2014, SK senior year. Drink. Drink. Cincinnati was twenty two and two on a fifteen game winning streak. Went into Moody Coliseum and lost.
1: See, but here's the thing. It's only a fourteen game winning streak this time. There's a small difference. I feel better about it.
2: Go ahead. Two thousand seventeen. Twenty two and two. Fifteen game winning streak. Moody Went into Coliseum. Moody Coliseum and lost.
1: That was a pretty good SMU
2: team, though. Well, yeah, we were talking about this on the podcast yesterday. That that 2014 team, that they went in there. I think that was like the second game that had been played in Moody since it had been renovated. Right. They went in there and got jumped. Like, absolutely blitzed. That place was insane. The fans were two inches from the bench. Like, that was as madhouse an arena as I've maybe ever seen. They got jumped. Last year, SMU was better. Yes, SMU had better talent than UC. Like, I know that's hard for fans to come to grips with sometimes. Hope. But when you watched SMU and you watched UC last year, it was pretty clear SMU was the better team. It is very clear this year that Cincinnati is the better team. So you've got to go in there and get a win and get ready to go back. You make this sound
1: matter of fact, though, that they go in there without Shake Milton. Away. I, I, and, I, and look, dude, it's diff- going to be dudes tough. Dudes it's Moody different. Coliseum. It's yes. going to be tough. Yes. but And the desperation factor of... If you're SMU, you're running out of time and chances at, at, at whatever other resume-building wins you can get because this is this is a huge resume builder.
2: Yeah, I just there's if if Shake is not playing, they just I think they're down to six guys, seven guys if he's out. There's just not enough. I don't think. I, yeah, you're
1: probably you're probably right. I'm just. These are games that always just when a team is just has that sense of wounded dog, urgency. yeah,
2: absolutely. And, and if Shake was there, I would be really, really concerned because he can go for thirty-five See, points. See, there's at-
1: UC's luck factor; they get a wounded BJ Taylor, and now they get a, maybe an SMU without without Shake Milton, and that doesn't count the Ken Palm luck factor.
2: No, because your opponents do not that they don't uh, injuries for your opponents are not factored. Yeah, yeah. a
1: little bit of luck for him. Uh, for Xavier, next up is is Creighton and. and I actually had to look at this. I knew they were kind of in that middle of the pack of the league, but they're sitting third place right now, and it feels like they've done it kind of quietly.
0: Because basically it's Xavier, Villanova, then the next five teams. Are about the same. And then the last couple are... Below them. But. I think everybody
2: expected Seton Hall to be in that spot and they've been up and down.
0: Yeah, well, I mean that the difference was people thought there would be a separation with Seton Hall being better than those teams. Seton Hall is kind of right in the pack with those teams. So six and five. There's not much of a difference between Seton Hall Creighton Marquette and Providence at this point. They're all solid teams. Sometimes they're really good. Sometimes they're eh, just okay. They're they're up and down a little bit. They're you know, they're all they're all tournament teams, and especially after Marquette goes and wins at Seton Hall, and St. John's is now going to become a tier one win for most everyone because they got two ridiculous wins to creep them up in the top seventy five of the RPI. Kings of collusion. The Big East is the best at it. I mean, they they get their teams in the it's tournament. Disgusting.
1: Um, <laughs> the matchup with Creighton, though, just just break it down for for Xavier fans. Z-
0: Xavier should kill him inside again. It should be similar to the Butler matchup, like in that regard. They just. Even even though they took the red shirt off of Zepperson, uh, he's, one, not quite ready, and two, he's out of shape. So Xavier playing at a fast pace and running down the court should give him some trouble. He's also not the toughest guy in the world. They really don't have tough guys in the post, so Xavier should be able to go right at them inside, whether Tyreek Jones is available or not, and score. Obviously, what what do you get out of your guards on the road? Because we talked about that funk that Trayvon was in earlier in the year. J.P. McHugh is now in a four-game. He is you know, Funk, where he just has kind of been non-existent and he's had a ton of turnovers, too. So, what do they get out of those two guys that will matter, I think, in this game? Or or maybe it won't because it, you never know with this team and they've been able to get points out of well, you Well, you get 37 again out of the post. You're going to be in the game at the very least. Right, without questions. Drink. So... <laughs> I, th- I think Xavier wins, but you-, you go on the road at Creighton where they're going to have 17,000 fans or whatever it is sold Yeah, Jimmy, out. You-, you can go to the bathroom now. You've drank enough. You come back and l-
1: put the podcast on pause and and go because you've – Headphones.
0: Yeah. Well, okay, yeah.
2: That's Headphones. Good point. Take it with you. That's a good point. Could take a leak.
1: Yeah. I just was reminding Jimmy because he's-, he's sitting on
0: his couch right now, half loaded. I mean, I think most of the people are driving and drinking while they're listening to this podcast. We, we do not, pr- we do we not do promote, not promote actually, that. Actually, restart that. I'm going to edit that out. We can't even say that.
1: No, they're sitting on their couch or, or laying in bed, and little
2: Jimmy's got to get up and go to the bathroom. That's all. Do you, think, do you think it's a heavy work podcast, like people listening at work?
0: Ooh. I think, yeah, I do think, I think there's a decent amount of that, but I also think- We don't
1: condone drinking at work either, but that's Depends a you on issue. your job. That's a
0: you issue. Some jobs are yeah. okay with it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Skinny, your job's fine with it, aren't they? I work from home a lot, so I can kind of do what I feel like doing. I like that about you. <laughs> I think I think a lot of people, because of the time we put it out, it's a big drive home podcast. I feel like a lot of people are all driving right. home when they're listening to us, too. Well, you can go
1: back and count these and then take a drink for every one that we do. Oh, don't do that. Yeah, after you get home.
2: After you get home, you've just got like 47, you're like just 47 line them up. drinks to take. You just, take. You just
0: get in and try to line up all the shots like you're in college again doing a power hour. <laughs> boom, wham, wham, wham. Um, without question, all right. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's move on to. This is uh, for thirty four. Here's the things and sixty two <laughs> without questions and four coughs. <laughs> Only four. Come on, nah, man. Right. That's a good point. I wasn't going to go coughs with that. Clearly, I was going to go. Uh, for goodness' sakes. for goodness' sakes. You haven't done that yet. I'm, I'm trying. I,
1: well, I did it on purpose. I'm trying. I'm trying hard. I'm trying to get it. We're from actually
2: the tr- t- like we're physically trying <laughs> to hit all. And we still, all the, can't yeah, it. still can't do We're it. trying to hit all the marks today. All
1: right, let's move on to to Kentucky, where I, I know people are pointing to a couple things: a couple turnovers down the stretch, the no timeout, all of those things. I, I'm going to point. What? Where in the world is
0: Hamadou Diallo gone? What, He's what not is? Good. What is his dealio? That is their biggest issue this year, honestly. The reason they're so below their expectations is because people were talking about him not even playing a year of college because he was going to go straight to the lottery. Which he should have done. And be a star. He should have. And be a star. But him coming back, everyone thought, oh, they're going to be great now. They got the number one class plus him and ended up being the number two class because Bagley committed to Duke late. But it just he has not been the guy people thought he would be. Not even close. And Kevin Knox... At times, he's a go-to player, but when he's not, they have no ability to score. And Shea Gilgis-Alexander, I think, also has that potential at times, but recently, for the last three to four weeks, he hasn't been that guy at, at all, really. Oh, he's kind of a one-trick pony
2: in terms of his ability to get to the rim, and I think teams are playing off of him because he hasn't shown the ability to beat on, you three, over the top.
1: 0 three on threes on, on Tuesday night.
2: Lance McAllister, friend of the show, had a great stat that I'm going to borrow. The last two games, Kentucky's had forty five Five of 34 on threes. They've had 40 field goals. 16 assists Ooh. on 40 field goals. 12 of the assists are Shea Alexander. The rest of the team in the last two games has four assists. UConn thinks that's bad.
0: <laughs> but, but again, I think it's sort of like we talked about with UConn. UK can't make jump shots. Yeah. So if you can't make jump shots, a lot of your... B- Baskets are going to come on driving to the rim, which one don't on one, get an one on one. Yeah, yeah one so on like, it kind of makes sense just with the fact that they can't make shots. If they could make shots, they'd probably have a lot more assists.
2: Um, They're not a good passing team, though.
0: I know a
1: lot of fans made made a made a fuss of Cal not taking a timeout down one with the ball uh, late, uh, and they end up turning over. Tennessee goes and gets a run-out dunk with, with four seconds to go. I come down on that. I, every coach is different. Every coach coaches that differently. He's always been a let your guys play through it. I I, I don't think it was a big deal either way he would have done it.
0: I just I, It cracks me up how – I don't know when this started, but fans think taking a timeout is the magic elixir yeah. for everything. It's like you're a good coach if you take timeouts at the proper times. If not, you suck as a coach. And that's pretty much the only thing fans really argue about from a coaching perspective. Everything else, if the coach is winning, he's good. If the coach is losing, he sucks. But the in-game strategy, it's all about when you call your timeouts, which is just silly to me. Like, what are you going to tell your guys in the timeout that they don't already know? to draw up a play. And yeah, allow the
2: other team to set their defense.
0: Yes. Yeah, it's like call your play from the sideline. They've practiced it 150 times. They know what it is.
2: Absolutely,
1: absolutely.
0: No, as I said, I said you know, some coaches will take the timeout,
1: right? Chris is Chris will do it probably. In that Chris does,
0: never does it. He never calls a timeout when Xavier fans want him to do. He'll let a team. He'll let his team go on a, a 20-0 run. Let the other team go on well, a 20-0 no, I'm run. Talking about in, I'm talking timeout. about end game yeah. scenarios.
2: He'll let a team. This one drives. This is one of the few things that drives me crazy about Chris Mack. He'll let the other team go on a 20 to nothing run. They'll, they'll score six quick points to end the run, and he'll take a timeout after the six point. He always takes a timeout on offense, like right after a score. Yeah, that drives me nuts.
1: See, I take a timeout after a score. More, most of my timeouts after a score. Why?
0: Yeah, I think it makes sense. Set, set your defense and it maybe change something up. Like a lot of times, they'll do it if they're going to go. They're like, okay, we, we're, or, we're we're back in it now. Let's let's screw them up here and go one three one or something like that. I I like that. Personally. Yeah, I just thought a
1: lot was made of that, and I thought. You, you, the kid turned the ball over. That's on him. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, he didn't go and turn the ball and he, over, and he before. owned it. I mean, the, the kid owned it, but he turned yeah. the ball over. It wasn't like you—you you looked confused and
0: weren't running as trying to run a set. The calling timeout thing drives me nuts. Like people getting worked about that the East Tennessee State game. Xavier got that rebound with what 14 seconds left or whatever. Doesn't call a timeout. Flies up the court, pitches back to Trayvon Blewett. He hits a step back game game winner. Like sometimes it's better to not let the defense set up and think about how they're going to guard you. Make them scramble and transition and find your guys. Like that's sometimes a good strategy, especially when you don't have a team that can make shots.
1: After the game, Cal said he likes what he's what he's
0: seeing. Is he's that spoiled. is that him
1: trying to convince spoiled himself, crap. or does does he like the fight? Maybe in his team.
0: I think it's a little bit of he likes the fight, but I also think it's a little bit of him changing the message now because he was really hard on these guys yes. for a while. And now I think you realize oh, we're getting t- towards the dumps. Like, these guys' egos are hurting a little bit. We're losing confidence. Now he's trying to build them back up, saying, hey, we're still good. We're going to be all right. But he's also playing the PR game. Like, he's always doing sure, that. No he's doubt. always telling people, no we're going to be all right. So, And they may not be, because up next is Texas a on the road,
1: followed by Auburn on the road, then Alabama coming, coming to rough. We, we talked about this last podcast.
0: This, the stretch of games for them to finish the season is brutal. But I just, honest to God, do not think it matters who they play. Maybe. I, I think th- it matters where they play. Maybe, but they were terrible at rough. they te- been the last you two know, games at up, They've been awful. I, I just think it's a matter of whether they one hit some shots. Whether Kevin Knox comes to play. If Kevin Knox comes to play offensively, their entire offense changes. Everybody on their team looks. In the last two games, he was. I mean, the West Virginia game, he was
1: great. Not just good, but great. In the last couple of games, no.
2: He scored all of his points for like a two week period in the West Virginia game. I'm gonna get these thirty five. Yep. And then I can. I, I, I if I get six the rest of the week. For the, for the next week and a half, that gives me forty, ten a game. I'm good to go.
1: Yeah, we we did have somebody, and, I, and I, this team is not going to play its way out of the term. But somebody asked asked that question: if they the nuclear option, if they do lose these next couple of games on the road, and they come back to Rupp and, and lose to Bama, I mean, how much of a free fall do they take? I mean, you're almost at complete free fall at that stage of the game, right?
2: They, they could get
0: near the bubble. Yeah, uh, it's this. The situation hasn't changed from last podcast. Like they're. We knew this was a possibility that they would lose these games. They might lose two or three or four in a row even. I still think more than likely they'll be on the right side of the bubble, but they'll be bubblish.
1: Yeah, I think they'll be on the right side of the bubble too just because when you start looking – we did it last podcast. When you look at the bottom of the bubble, it's like, holy cow, there's some slop down
0: there. A long way to go.
1: There is a long way to go. All right, uh, for NKU up next, uh, they're playing Milwaukee on on, uh, the night that we're doing this podcast and then Green Bay on on Saturday – both home games, and we'll touch on this more next week when they play play at Wright State. But uh, a chance to, as long as you're not looking ahead, get through this stretch and then really set up a huge, huge game at Wright State.
0: Yeah, you you, you got to win these games, obviously. Take a drink. Yep. And uh, the the homecoming game is always well attended. It's always a good atmosphere, and so. that's the
1: Saturday game against Green Bay.
0: Yeah, I think I think they'll be all right there. Um, the the Milwaukee game you got to get through tonight. Got to show up. Milwaukee's been dangerous. I, we saw them; they they popped right state. But I'm looking forward to that right state game next year. Yeah, week. We'll,
1: well, that'll be that may even be a full 20 minute segment on your your trip to uh, to Fairborn, not uh, Dayton. Fairborn. You're going to need the to, greater Dayton
2: area. Yeah, you're going to need to record audio so that we have drops from the trip.
0: Are you going with police escort? Uh, no. you Going with bodyguard? No. My my uh, younger brother is going to go. I think I'll 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 give him a camera. I'll have him record the situation. If you like. People seem worried about this, and I'm telling you, no one in Dayton knows who the hell I am or knows oh, what this podcast is. know you. They're going to know
2: you. Your name has gotten around. I've seen you on a couple of uh, post they're office.
0: Wanted p- p- posters around the Nutter Center yeah. with me on it? That couldn't be more appropriate. That's probably right about that.
1: Uh, let's move on to final takes. Chad Brendel, you got one for me? We've touched on a lot of things.
0: We've touched on a lot of things. Drink. Oh, drink. No,
1: no. I didn't say quickly. Usually, I got to touch on it quickly.
0: I think it was any time you say touch on something Whatever we've discussed a lot of things on this podcast, but here he comes. He's got
2: his finger raised. Here's the thing about drink SK drink. the killer. <laughs> it's amazing when seasons are happening, like X and UC are having. How fast this thing goes? Because I we was talking to somebody last night. There's three home games left mm-hmm. for UC. I think Xavier's got what three or four. Rick Villanova.
1: DePaul, who's who's left at home for Xavier, Seton Hall. So a three,
0: probably. I am a one day at a time kind of guy. I am sorry. I mean, I kind of am too, but ultimately, like,
2: there is three games left for for Gary Clark and Kyle Washington and probably Jacob Evans. Jacob Evans I, I would, I, I think, the point of this this final take is as we get closer to the finish line. I would probably condition yourself for that, and then if he comes back, it's an awesome surprise. But I would enjoy these last three home games and these last seven regular season games with this group, because groups like this take a while to build and, and groups like what Xavier has take a while to build and five and six in the country. Just enjoy it. Like I, you don't know, you know, when the next Trayvon Blewett is coming along at Xavier. You don't know when the next Gary Clark or or Jacob Evans are, are coming along at UC. You would expect because of the success and the tradition of the program, that it won't be too long before that happens. But these teams are both on a great run, and it's been pretty cool for the city. It, I, it's it's been awesome.
1: I think it has too. And I I don't know if the city's embraced it because it, let's face it. Well now the Bengals, they, like well the Bengals, basketball
2: started this week.
1: Well, the Bengals and Reds either galvanize or tear apart. The city rallies around both of those, either for or against. College basketball is still a very niche thing. UC fans are not going to root for Xavier for the most part, and Xavier fans are not going to root for. UC I will tell for the you this: part.
2: my mentions have been ridiculous. Like UC fans and Xavier fans going at each oh, other is at an all-time high,
0: and that's what maybe it makes it more fun from our perspective when both teams are good. Because I just Dan that I do my Xavier podcast with, he just tweeted the other day. He was annoyed by all of the people putting out there, like because all the media members are saying similar things of, oh what how great this is for the city, and he was like, no. I, like, I do not care. After Xavier plays the crossdown shootout, I want UC to be a total dumpster fire and lose every game I, they play. Yeah. Like, I do not care at all what UC does. And, it like, it doesn't change my enjoyment of the season that UC is good, too. It doesn't at all. For me, I would disagree with that because, like – there's so much more interaction and so many more people like mad at things I tweet or or retweeting stuff. Ken like Palm says this. Yeah.
2: RPI says that. Da 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 da
0: Yeah, like interaction is at an all time high right now. And like I go to Barleycorns and there's some random dude that I don't know that wants to talk U C and Xavier basketball. And it's like this isn't typical. This isn't every year. It's not like this. It's at a fever pitch right now in this city in terms of the college basketball conversation.
2: Well, and like last year when Xavier hit the, the struggles, your board is in DEFCON two meltdown mode. What's wrong? What's go- what's this? What's that? We got to fix this. Is this working? Is that like the mentality is like com- completely different when it's uh uh not a successful season? Which UC fans and Xavier fans now, it's not a successful season if you're like a seven
0: seed. Yeah. If you're, <laughs> they think they're UK now. If you're
2: one of the 28 best teams in the country, your season's a failure because you should be one of the 12 best teams in the country. Um, but there's a lot of angst. This year, there's not angst. It's more like
0: nitpicking and like, this is why we're better and this is why we're better. And it's like people forming legit arguments because their teams are actually good this time. Yeah. Instead of like. You know, UC fans being 30 spots below Xavier clearly not as talented, and be, uh, making arguments about why they are, or vice versa, which is usually the case with these two teams. It's one of one of them is making a claim based on some ridiculous stat that oh, the other is overrated, and it's like, nah, chief, they're really not. You know, they're both just really good this year. Yeah, both teams have a legit argument this time, so the arguments are a lot more fun. Final take for you? You got anything? No, I had something. I don't remember what it was. Why wow, do, do you start jotting notes down or anything like that? I I, do, I really do because I forget obviously. everything I want to talk about. Obviously, obviously you do. Take a All drink. Right. Here's well, the thing:
2: <laughs> we haven't had any big baller stuff to talk about lately.
0: No, we haven't. Although uh, Lonzo knocked up his girlfriend. Shouts out to him. Big baller. Who's his girlfriend? Is she famous? She's. She is, na- she, she is now. This probably is the most feminist thing to say. Hashtag me too. But uh, she's Lonzo Ball's girlfriend. I right,
2: just know if like you know. He's a Laker. He, she's probably like a Kardashian of some sort. Or nah,
0: he, he knew her beforehand. He's oh, okay. staying true. How about, How about right.
1: that? yeah. How about that? All right, boys. Uh, appreciate the time as always. And uh, for those of you that played along with the drinking game,
0: calling sick to call her. Uber. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Someone just threw something at their TV because they're so mad at things we're saying. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. All right. Uh, thanks to Chad Brendel from Bearcat Journal, Rick Boring from Musketeer Report. I'm Richard Skinner. Yes. You want to cough one more time just just because? Yeah, just drink. add to it. One, one, more, one more drink in. There one you go. more shot. This has been the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball edition, brought to you by Joseph Infinity of hey. Cincinnati.